shit, shit, shit show. It's a fucking shit show. Welcome back to Shit Show Saturday. We have shit show D Nice. What's it? Song. That's Surrender by Walk the Moon. The cover of their album, it's like very inner childy. Did you notice that? Yeah, it's kind of that's kind of meta. I didn't I didn't realize that before. Child. Terrible album. That whole album is really bad. I just like that one song off of it. So okay. <laughs> carbohydrate. Um, sweet potato fries. What are we dipping that in? Maybe like a maybe like a ranch, like a house ranch at like a, a brew pub or something. They have like the real creamy good stuff. Yeah, with some dill in it. Yeah, dill. Oh man, cheese. You know, unpopular opinion. I'm not a big cheese person, but yeah. I can always go for right. mozzarella. Mozzarella. Okay. <laughs> Yeah. Really? Not a sh- Huh. What's up with that lady? Oh, history of food stuff, which I'm sure we'll get into, but. <laughs> Got it. Got it. Um, I'm really into like Asian food. So like tahini or soy sauce or something or a combination of the two. It's usually what I'm throwing on top of things. I like all Asian sauces. So when did you find out you were an adult child? You know, I hadn't heard about it until pretty recently. It's probably a year or so ago. Um, and there was a guest on a podcast I listened to and she was talking about codependency stuff and attachment issues and the time at the time I didn't really like identify with that, but there was like a section in there where she was talking specifically about going to adult children meetings. And Uh I was like, huh, "Huh, that's interesting. And so I started doing some digging and I was like, oh my God, found the laundry list. And I was like, oh my gosh, found the other laundry list and was like, oh shit. (laughs) So that's about where we, where we landed. Do you remember what podcast it was? Yeah, it was, um, Whitney Cummings on ritual. Okay. Yeah. That's intro. That's so interesting. Yeah. She, um, one day she shared my podcast on her stories. Oh, wow. You're like, you're like famous. She shared my episode with one of my old episodes with Tion Dayton. One day somebody, I don't, I don't think I followed her at the time, but she shared two of my episodes on there. Somebody sent it to me. They're like, you're in her stories. And I was like, shit. And so then I was like, I'm like, maybe she'll come on. And I sent an email and I never heard back, but I should, but she, she knows, Mm -hmm. she knows who I am. Nice. Yeah. She would make a great guest. She's, she's super cool. That's so awesome that she talked about it. So what was your, do you do you is your brand of dysfunction alcoholism yeah my both my parents are alcoholics that came from pretty traumatic childhood situations which I found out later um and yeah that that it started probably like mid-childhood that we discovered this you know like my my dad was more like a social alcoholic he just has like extreme social anxiety so it was sort of his social lubricant and so I didn't see a whole lot of that and then my mom I didn't yeah I didn't see that because it it didn't start happening until like all of us kids were in school so there were four of us older sister two younger brothers so I've got like extreme middle child syndrome (laughs) but yeah then it was like once we went away to school my mom just would get blazing drunk during the day while we were gone and we'd come home to that and then it 
just kind of spiraled from there. And it was just a really chaotic household for many years. Prior to finding adult child, what was your perception of how your childhood had impacted you? Like, had you already been in therapy? Yeah, I'd been in and out of therapy. And, you know, it was easy to just identify like, oh, it was the alcoholism. It was trauma or whatever. Um, But at the time, like I was going to therapy for like eating disorder stuff primarily. So it was like focused on something else entirely. And then, you know, go figure it's all connected. But I didn't realize that until much later, um, even really recently, kind of connecting the dots and understanding how things are related. Yeah, it's been a journey. So interesting, right? Because it's like, was that dug into at all? Like when you started to get treatment for that? I mean, when did those issues start to pop up for you? Yeah, it would always come up in like, I guess the control thing that was really big for me, you know, just felt like that got beat over the head, like so much, just like, of course you had like a traumatic childhood. So like you want to control things and it was kind of like simplified. Like that was just kind of how it was understood as like your childhood was chaotic. So of course you wanted to control things and now you're a control freak and that's led to all these other issues. So we figured it out. We're good. Like it was, it was never like distilled down further than that. And I think that was where I, I was really uncomfortable with that as an answer. Like I, I didn't think that was enough and I didn't feel like that really got to the root of the problem because it was like, well, if that's it, then. I could have figured this out by now and like solved all my problems if it was that simple. So when you read the laundry list, like what was, what was the holy shit one? Probably the one, like we live life from the viewpoint of victims. I don't know. I've just been looking for reasons to be sad about things or reasons to like, even like point blame at my family for things that happened. Like, I don't think I ever really got an apology from anybody and it's like we just swept it all under the rug and I think that that was kind of like something I realized I've been manifesting a lot lately is like oh woe is me I'm so fucked up (laughs) um but not really willing to like do anything about it um and work through those emotions and such that and like the we judge ourselves harshly like going back to the control thing like that's that's me that's hello I'm Denise I judge myself harshly (laughs) what are the age differences between you and your siblings we're all about two years apart pretty even and so then what did that like a huge jump my dad had a um another son so I've got a half brother who's now 10 so there's like big gap between all of us now wow so then okay so as your mother's alcoholism like started to progress like what did that look like in the family like you were what like in middle school elementary school when things started to get bad or what yeah that would have been like end of grade school so I went to like a k k through eight school um so I (laughs) I still don't understand the breakdown when people say like middle school and like junior high. six to eighth grade sure (laughs) yeah it would have been like junior high um and then into high school that things were really bad yeah like and and I had I have a hard time remembering a lot of stuff that happened during that time. Maybe it's repressed memories. Maybe my memory is just total garbage, but my brother and I have both been kind of like this, like, do you remember things? Yes and no. I just remember the essence of it, that it was shit. 
I have like a couple of memories where like I come home from school and my mom's like barely coherent, like on the kitchen floor eating leftovers out of a Tupperware jar with her hands. And I just like look down on her with like such extreme disgust and like pity, which I was just like, pull yourself together, woman. Like, what are you doing? And, you know, we would like as kids, we'd like try to devise schemes to like fix her. Like I would find her stash of wine coolers and go dump them out in the yard. And I, I remember one time I got like, I, I got really angry at my dog because it came over and started like licking up the wine that I just poured out. And I was like, don't you know what this does? No, self-righteous. And but yeah, it was just like this, you know, she wasn't functioning. It was like not cute. My parents would fight all the time, um, mostly just verbal, but there were some like physical altercations and lots of, um, you know, I'd lock myself in the bathroom and avoid it. And a couple of times where my sister would just like, once she had a car and could drive and she'd like load us kids up and we'd go and just the house. house. Yeah. Yeah. Was your dad talking to you guys about things? Cause he was, he was a workaholic. He would be gone from like four in the morning till six at night. We'd never see him. Um, and then he'd like come home to that and then they would just start fighting. And so he, he never, he never really addressed it with us. At least that I remember me, maybe. I know like he, he ended up having to take on a lot more of the responsibility once like I hit high school and then my parents did end up getting divorced. You were, um, when you were in high school? When I was in high school, yeah. And were you, do you, do, you were, do you have many memories of when that was going on? Yeah, high school memories, but it's weird. It's like all the family stuff is just like a black box, you know? It's not weird at all. Was there a sense of relief or a sense of fear? Like, how is my mom going to take care of herself? Oh, I was, I remember being relieved. Like, I... Like we all, we, we were raised Catholic and it was like divorce is like only like if something terrible is happening. And I, I remember feeling like zero shame about it. I was like, this is the right thing for my family. This is the best thing that could have possibly happened to us because she was so off the rails and so dysfunctional at that point that it was just like, it was hurting everybody. Um, yeah, I just remember being very relieved. I, I guess I didn't think too much about how she'd take care of herself. It was just sort of like, well, if she runs her life into the ground, then that's her prerogative. Other than the food stuff, in what other ways do you feel like your childhood ha- impacted your life as an adult? Lately, it's <laughs> it's weird. It's like almost like now that I've started doing the work, it's like either becoming more pronounced or I'm just like noticing things that I may not have noticed I think before. you're just aware of it yeah <laughs> um but like the thing with authority figures um mm. I'm really struggling with that like in a workplace setting at the moment I'm I've never been one to like just kind of do as I'm told I guess and it's becoming more pronounced these days where I'm like well, you're wrong. And this is why, let me tell you why you're wrong. I'm so wrong. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, that's so interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. What do you picture that same thing? Like with my parents, like, or with my mom particularly, 
Who was more of an authority figure, your mom or your dad? I don't know. That's a good question. When I was really little, it was definitely my dad. Probably my mom, just because she was around more. I know what I was going to ask you. You mentioned that both of your parents had pretty traumatic upbringings. What do you know about their upbringings? <laughs> How much time do we have? Um, <laughs> what <child is> my, want? <laughs> yeah. my mom, my mom's mom was also an alcoholic, probably abused drugs. I think she did. And she had a series of husbands. Um, and, you know, they lived in poverty that my mom grew up really poor. And she like left um she left home as soon as she could and then moved like across the country and just like started living on her own and made a life for herself so like I'm very impressed with her for that but then she kind of carried that into the marriage so this she actually told me this probably only a few years ago um that she essentially married my dad for money and for security like he came from a big family and a decent amount of wealth. And there was like, it, it didn't seem like there was really any love in that relationship. And it was just totally messed up from the start. And my dad was kind of pressured into marrying her because they'd been dating for a while. And that's just what you do. Uh-huh. But my, my dad's, my dad's dad was abusive. I know that for sure. Probably an alcoholic. And he came from a big family. He had has eight brothers and sisters, you know, raised on a farm, like very, <laughs> I mean, both my parents have a lot of shit that they've got to work through and they are to some degree. So I, I do have to give them credit for that because they've done well with the cards that they were given. You know, I think about what you said about your mom marrying for, you know, money and security. I mean, think about probably like the majority of marriages at like one point in time you know yeah I think about my like come from a place of privilege where now it's like that's a weird thing or that's seen as bad but it's like that's that was the norm for so long and what my mom my dad's mom my grandmother her mother died when she was very young her father was an alcoholic she went to go live with these nuns and it was like the same thing. I think she, she told my mom cause her, and my mom got really close when she was dying, but it was my dad's mom, but she told her the same thing that she never loved my grandfather, you know, but it's, yeah. um, you'll do what you need to do to survive. Yeah. So then did your, um, how, how, how did your parents' alcoholism progressed as they divorced? My mom's got worse. She mm-hmm. had really, really bad. Um, and this is where the timeline gets kind of skewed and my memory is a little fuzzy, but she, I know she was like in and out of like a couple rehab places. She like had a couple DUIs and she had like the breastalyzer thing attached to her car. Mm-hmm. Um, she, after they got divorced, she like bought a house and um, was living there on her own. And um, I visited her there a couple times. This would have been when I was in high school, but I, yeah, it got really, really bad. Up until really the last year, she was just on this downward spiral. Um, so it was it was hard to see because I was I was the only one of my four siblings that maintained contact with her after like after a certain point. Like once I went away to college, I I still would like talk to her on the phone and everything, but none of my siblings did. So then, you know. 
I, I saw a lot of it. <laughs> I saw a lot of it when it was really, really bad. And it was, it was pretty heartbreaking. Um, her, her health declined and her ability to like socialize and take care of other people declined. It was just, it, it was just sad. It was really sad. And I, again, I felt like I kind of, you know, carried that burden on my own because I didn't have or like nobody else was talking to her. So then she would, you know, share her, like her, her emotions towards my siblings and say, well, when are they going to start talking to me? When are they going to start talking to me? And I was like, well, I'm right in front of you. Am I not good enough for you? And it was just like, she, she had this like lens of, you know, I'm like, I'm a monster. Like she'd been fed that, that line so much um that she really internalized it and um it was pretty rough did you guys have a closer relationship when she when you were kids like why was it do you think that you maintained contact with her compared to your siblings yeah as a kid I was I was closer to my mom like one I look a lot more like her and our personalities are very similar which I've been fighting my whole life I know we talked about the like the looking like your parents thing in a previous um meeting and I that resonated deeply yeah, 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 yeah. like uh-huh. feeling like my when my dad looks at me he sees her and like that that leads to some tension in the relationship for sure say goodbye to your credit card rewards greedy corporate mega stores led by walmart and target are pushing for a law in congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets the durbin marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it if you love your credit card rewards tell your lawmakers hands off my rewards tell them to oppose the durbin marshall credit card bill so did she get sober a year ago or what's going on? As far as I know, she's sober. So my, I got married like a year and a half ago and it was kind of an, not an ultimatum, but so she, she missed my bridal shower because she was too drunk to get on an airplane. Mm. And I basically said like, or well, my then fiance and I had a lengthy discussion about this. And I thought we handled this very nicely where I was like, we're not going to disinvite you from the wedding, yep. but we want you to focus on your sobriety and your health. And she had been working on sobriety leading up to that point. And we said, if it's going to be too stressful for you to be around a bunch of family members that you're not going to want to see, including my dad, <laughs> you're going to be in close proximity. We said, if that's going to be too painful for you, then maybe you shouldn't come. We never told her she wasn't invited, but she's like, no, 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 I'll be there, I'll be there. And she's like, I'll even like show you my chips as I progress and stuff. And so to my knowledge, I think she's, if she's still sober, then she'd be eight months sober. But we've kind of drifted a little bit. So I can't really say definitively. How did you feel at your wedding? Were you super nervous about that? I was extremely nervous about it. and. It's like so, so unfair. You know, it's like, that's like, mm-hmm. I get it, girl. That was the only bad thing really that happened at the wedding was my mom. I could tell mm. that she had been drinking mm-hmm. and she like, I saw her before the ceremony. We were taking pictures and things and she kept taking out her cell phone and taking pictures of us. And I was like, 
no, put that away. We have a professional photographer. I don't want you posting your selfies on Facebook. Like mm -hmm. we talked about this, don't do that. And she kept doing it. And like, I know my sister, her eyes got like, what is like, <laughs> you know, dinner plates. And I ended up like basically sending her off, but I, I pretty well avoided her the rest of the evening because I knew I couldn't trust her. And then later I confronted her about it. And I was like, hey, I know that you drank on my wedding day. And that's a big reason that we haven't really been in contact a lot since then. Like I'm still kind of upset with her and for some other things. But that was the big one that I confronted her about it. And she gaslighted the shit out of me and said, well, I was so nervous and it I wasn't I wasn't drunk. I wasn't falling down drunk like you accused me of. I had a glass of wine and blah, 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 and that she had been taking other medicine for her anxiety, things you don't mix with alcohol. So like, I don't care about the circumstances. It was that she had promised me something and did not deliver on it and then accused me of it when I tried to confront her about it. So just a lot of, a lot of shit happening there. <laughs> I know. And that's like the saddest part about it. Um, and I had to kick my my mom out of my, it was my nephew's wedding. Mm. She started to get drunk. She started, my uncle died of alcoholism at 55. Oh no. And um, so that was his dad. And um, she started going out um again to my my aunt, my uncle's wife at the wedding, had to make her leave. Mm. But it's like the the heartbreaking thing about it, and I think about that with my mom. Like I had an incident with my mom several years ago where she showed up wasted to San Francisco and we had all these nice things planned and we were going to go to Hamilton. And, um, you know, I got a call from the Delta flight attendant, um, mm -hmm. right when her flight hit the tarmac in San Francisco. And he was like, your mom's, um, drunk and I've been having to take care of her the whole flight. And like, what do you want me to do? And so I got our hotel I told the flight attendant, I was like, can you like call 911 or like, cause I didn't want to have to deal with, like, you know, it's yeah. like, so the hospital or get arrested, whatever, but he wouldn't do it. He got her on a, in an Uber. And so I, um, as soon as I got off the phone with him, I booked her a hotel cause I wasn't going to let her stay with me. And, um, I, uh, I, as soon as she got there, I took her to the hotel, checked her in and I just sent her a text message and said, listen, we can still have a really nice weekend together but I will not spend any time with you if you've been drinking. Mm -hmm. And I saw her for one hour the whole weekend. And it's like, the sad thing about it is like, and just like your mom, like my mom wants nothing more than to like be able to spend a nice weekend with her daughter. Mm -hmm. Just like your mom wants nothing more than to like be able to show up at your wedding sober, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's just lack of choice when you're in this disease, you know, it doesn't make make it okay you know but I think that that's like the really heartbreaking thing it's just like your mom didn't want to do that oh yeah it's so sad I, yeah I like I said I really feel for her because it's she got dealt a shitty hand of cards and she's doing the best that she can with it mm -hmm. um and I man I wouldn't want to be in that position and i totally feel for her and she went through like a long period of time where she wasn't in contact with most of her kids and she was she was totally like ostracized lost all of her friends and everything like that she's dealing with a lot of hurt and I can totally respect that do you feel like having being able to have compassion towards 
your family do you feel like that helps you at all like with your own like sort of victimhood or makes it worse I think somehow it makes it worse mm-hmm. this is something that I'm really struggling with currently um I was actually just talking about this it's like when I'm not in contact with my family well just you know go a couple days without talking or texting anybody I can be so like confident and proud of myself like I'm crushing it at work my training's going amazing I'm doing great and then the minute that I like get a text from my dad or well I haven't got one of those in a while but if I like you know have any interaction with them I immediately feel like I'm the worst piece of shit I'm so terrible because I'm like judging myself on their, their standards and not mine and that feels really bad because um, I don't I don't hold myself to those like beliefs except when it's with them. It's just like that thing where you like go back to your hometown and then you're like you revert to like your childhood mm-hmm. self. Mm-hmm. It's like that, but it's like anytime I talk to them or even think about them sometimes, like it's, it's so messed up. <laughs> what about like in romantic relationships? Like how has your How's your childhood played into your marriage and your relationship with your husband? Yeah, which <laughs> I do not know how I ended up with him because he's such a normie and he's so like good and patient with me and his family's amazing. My goodness, my mother-in-law is like my favorite person in the world. But I think what led to that is it was a series of crappy relationships. Like the 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 last relationship that I was in before I met my husband was like textbook, like other laundry list. Like I was using him and uh, manipulating him and it was horrible. I, I hated who I was in that relationship. And he was actually like a very nice person, but I like had to be so controlling and I just didn't recognize myself by the end of it because I was like oh my god I'm like destroying this person I like ripped his heart out and stomped it on the ground and because I just like wanted what I wanted out of the relationship and then broke it off when I felt like it was convenient and it was it was ugly like I've always been the the breakup-er in relationships and I think that's kind of my thing it's like don't let people get too close and once they get too close, then shut it down because that's not safe anymore. Yeah, that fear of abandonment, the risk of being abandoned. Totally. And then with my husband, it was like this slow build. Like we just, it's like, I always joke about it. Like we we're playing relationship chicken. Cause like, I didn't want to date anybody in grad school. I was like, I'm here to get my degree, get the hell out and go do whatever. And, and then he asked me out. I was like, okay, fine. I, like, I wasn't like, super into him and I was like we're just gonna go on this date and like get it over with and then like that date went well or it went fine and then it was like okay another date and it just kind of snowballed we just like kept hanging out and then it was like oh you want to meet my family okay you want to meet my family <laughs> um and you know we went it was it was a, a slow burn but man really glad I found him Slow is real. Yeah. Slow is real. Well, that's great. Cause I think a lot of people, it's like, if you don't feel like those, those fireworks on the first date, they won't 
go on another one. But I think a lot of times if we feel those fireworks on the first date, it probably means we need to run the hell away. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So what does your relationship look like with your siblings? I'm really close with my brothers. Um, and my sister and I kind of have a fraught relationship at the moment. Mm-hmm. Um, also around wedding related things, which is kind of weird. Um, mm-hmm. Your wedding? My wedding. And so <laughs> I guess a lot of it, when I like zoom out, it feels like petty sibling sibling rivalry stuff. Mm-hmm. But it was like the circumstances, you know, it's always circumstances. Yeah. My, it's like my sister and I are always like vying for attention. And because she's the one that like was a boomerang and moved back to my hometown and she's near my parents and um, she's the oldest. So the oldest always kind of gets like the attention or whatever. And here's me, queen of the breadcrumbs, just saying like, guys, I just want like my one day where you pay attention to me on my wedding, but it happened to be like timed nearly perfectly with her having her first baby Mm. so first grandbaby and everything and it like totally you know overshadowed this one thing where I thought it was gonna make me like make me feel special for once because I've never like had that and then for her to turn around and say you weren't supportive enough of me and I was like that's a lie (laughs) but the thing is like I think the reason that I don't get along with her super well right now is that she's not addressing what happened well what happened but just her own shit right now like my brothers and I like we can talk like like as if we're in a meeting my my middle brother is actually an alcoholic and he's dealing with this stuff at the moment and he and I have like the most incredible conversations and we can just be like oh my gosh I was feeling crazy the other day about this thing and be like oh my gosh same and then we just have these like heart to hearts that are like incredible and my youngest brother is like that too. We just, you know, we we have a different lens of seeing my parents and calling them out on their stuff. And we're not willing to put up with it anymore. And it's like we feel betrayed by my sister because like when things were really bad in those like high school years for me, like the four of us banded together and we were like, let's make a pact. You know, we're always going to be there for each other. It's like, you know we can't always trust our parents. So it's like, we literally said these words. Mm. And now for my sister to just like, in order to like, manufacture her perfect scrapbook life, she's just like turning a blind eye to a lot of the dysfunction and trauma. And my brothers and I are kind of like putting our feet down saying like, this isn't okay. This is not okay anymore. Mm -hmm. So tell me, whether it's like able to recognize in the moment or like a new tool, but like what is an area where you've been able to see that you've grown like based off just kind of more of the understanding that you have about yourself and why you are the way you are? Yeah, I've really liked the um, like the inner family stuff and the the workbook that we're doing right now. Because um, I... even in like the first like five pages of the book and when it talked about your inner loving parent your inner critical parent your inner child your inner teenager I was like oh my gosh like that makes so much sense and it clicked for me that like most of my trauma was in my teenage years and it's like my emotional maturity sometimes defaults back to that teenage teenage me So I can now understand my reactions when I like have these outbursts where I'm like, well, what about me? And why didn't you think about me? Or like, 
leave me alone don't touch me you know that kind of stuff it's like it's just the teenager and they're like totally irrational Mm -hmm. and always it's always rooted in this like see me love me you know take care of me that's huge yeah I don't know what to do about it yet I can identify it but I'm not very good about like controlling the reactions yet that would I think like- you said a while in the awareness before we can do anything else you know I'm just impatient I'm I'm a control freak I want to fix it now. <laughs> <laughs> you are you're getting there my dear uh three things that you like about yourself I am empathetic I've never met a stranger that I can't find like one thing that we connect on with I've always thought that's kind of cool I'm very passionate about things that I care about, and I'm always evolving. You're what? Evolving? Evolving, yeah. A learner, a grower. Okay. Hope or dream for the future. Yeah, it kind of goes back to that third one. I have this tattoo. It's in Italian, but it means to become, and that's just my goal. It's like to continue to become a better version of myself. Like I never want to just say like, oh, I've made it because that's not true. I'm, I want to continue bettering myself and be able to look back and see that progress. Mm. Have you been able to talk to your brothers about the adult child stuff? Yeah, actually I, I have. I've been like, oh my gosh, you would not believe like what I found out about myself. <laughs> my, my middle brother might start going to meetings. Um, he's been kind of hesitant to go to AA. It feels like a little too intense for him. So I was like, go to ACA. That's a good, like, good foot in the door it introduces like the 12 step stuff I think in a way that he may not feel so much like shame and start to feel seen so I'm happy to talk to him too if he ever wants to talk to somebody yeah you're doing so great I see it your self-awareness is huge I just every time you share I'm impressed you're just willing to willing to do the work oh I appreciate that and I love that you like you share your own shit in our meetings and stuff too like What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today.